0: You originally created that engagement to confirm your lack of self-worth so that you can sit inside your own festering heart. And then what you have to do is heal that and realize that it had nothing to do with that person. It was you that created that person in that scenario. And now you bring that constant wound into the next relationship and guess what? It's gonna repeat until you heal it.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Expansive Podcast, where we explore the frontiers of personal growth, business innovation, and technology. We believe that growth and progress comes from expanding our minds, exploring new possibilities, and embracing change. My name is Eric Kruger, and as always, I am joined by my ever-elegant co-host, Mr. John Sane. And John, before you even say a thing, I actually think what we need to do today is reintroduce ourselves a little bit on the pod. Because we've had a 50% increase in listenership, which means we have a ton of new people who have joined who think that uh, all I do is I'm a house husband, number one. <laughs> and who thinks that, that all that you do is spend time with your new loving partner. So uh, let's uh, reintroduce ourselves and you go first.
0: Uh, I am John. I spend time with my loving partner. This is Eric, he is a house <laughs> husband. Go. Who happens to make a podcast there we go let's carry on okay so today's topic so i think I, I think it's a great suggestion i i think for everybody new hello um eric and i have been friends for many many years um we started having conversations uh together he was coaching me for a short period of time i actually said i didn't like being coached only because I didn't like just having a one-sided conversation and I wanted to have a double-sided conversation. And so Eric said, cool. I said, cool. Let's just have conversations, which, I, which we're enjoying. He then suggested we record them. And the podcast was birthed out of just two friends talking about different ideas and in similar careers. And so that's kind of how this pod started. I am uh, specifically incredibly fascinated with neuroscience, business strategy, futurism, trends. And that sort of world, converging technologies. And I have been, if I think about it for my whole life, really, I've written about it in a couple of my books About from a very, very young age. I was an early adopter without really even knowing what an early adopter was. Um, And that has kind of taken me on the route of being an entrepreneur most of my life, uh, making a lot of money, losing most of it, if not more than I actually made. And that put me into a sort of uh, into a sort of state of self development, querying and investigating. And for the last twenty years or so, I've done an extensive amount of shamanic work, meditation work, healing work, trauma healing, and a whole bunch of different things. And I've combined that with my fascination with the future and preparation for the future. And for the last seven years or so, I've authored and co-authored nine books. I'm faculty at Singularity, Duke, and an associate partner of Copenhagen Institute of Future Studies. I'm a podcaster at The Expansive, and I am constantly traveling around the world, sharing my latest research, and helping organizations and governments prepare for the future with optimism, which I think is a missing piece in today's Mm, world.
1: Very, very good. Love that. Um, Actually, Casting my mind back, I was, I was in an interview or speaking to a guy this morning um, who interviewed me on his podcast and he mentioned you, he said that you changed his life. Um, I'll tell you about that later as well. And he asked me, where did you guys meet? Like, how did your relationship start? And casting my mind back, it all started with or oh, around 2016, 2017-ish. So back then I was running Betterman and you were doing quite a bit on the speaking circuit, and I think Mark actually connected us. I, that, that's kind of the the best guess that I have. Um, it's either that or you slipped into my DMs, but it's either it's one of those two options. And so
0: I'm rolling my eyes. Can the listeners hear it? Can listeners hear my eyes rolling? Rolling, rolling. Yes, yes.
1: So That's, that's true, yeah, so Eric. I, I remember that very well because uh, Better Man was was, <laughs> was doing very uh, well at the time. And you came to me, you were like, how can I be a better man? And I told you, I don't know if there's much I hope for.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving yeah, swiftly so, on.
1: Um, where am I today? So I am a leadership keynote speaker and uh, founder of Modern Breed. What it really means is that uh, we we arm leaders with the skills and tools they need to be successful in the future. And so this typically means uh, taking ideas, uh, curating them, uh, packaging them in a way that makes it easy to digest and easy to understand and easy to apply in this new world, and then delivering those ideas uh, through various formats. So from keynotes to half-day workshops to longer learning series that we've been building out. And I've really been enjoying that, where we take people on this learning journey over three, four, five sessions that we run together. And people get to really uh, think through, because that's such a big problem that we have these days. We sit and consume content all day long, but it means nothing if it doesn't get integrated. And so I've been loving the sessions where we get to slow down a bit, get to take an idea, really get to play with it, mold it, look through the filter, try and apply it, and to ultimately see how can you utilize that so that you can deal with the uncertainty that is on the outside. And I've been talking about this Conor McGregor documentary that I've watched now um, a few times, but there was one thing he said that really hit home for me, which is that when he was younger, the reason he got into MMA was because he grew up in a bad neighborhood. And it was very uncomfortable because he would often get into situations where he couldn't defend himself if there were bullies involved or whatever. And so the reason he got into MMA is because he wanted to be comfortable in those uncomfortable situations. And I've come to realize that actually that's the work that we do, right, collectively, is that we equip people with the tools and the mindset so they can be comfortable in the uncomfortable because there's nothing we can do about the fact that the world around us is uncertain it's complex, it's moving fast, you can't do anything about that and it's just going to accelerate. What you can do is construct your inner world in such a way that you are more confident in how you approach that uncertainty. And that has everything to do with how you calibrate your thinking, your feeling and your acting. And so that is the work that we do here on The Expansive, uh, that's the way that we do individually and it's great to have you with us if you are new to the pod. That's a long tee-up, but I think it's important to just set a bit of context again for where we are and how things have evolved.
0: Well, there's two things I want to add to that before we get into today's topic. One, last night I had my Enneagram uh, done for both Wendy and I, um, just to figure out our numbers. And in my description, there was two sentences describing my personality, and one of the words was expansive. And actually we started laughing is that it's actually right in my personality traits to be expansive. And here we are expressing that expansiveness, which is just wonderful in many ways. And then so for everybody who is not watching this on YouTube um, and listening to this on the pod, just want to let you know that Eric has got a huge, huge mic and I've got a very, very small (laughs) mic. And whatever that means to you, moving forward, just keep that in mind always. John doesn't have to have a very big mic. It's a very, very, it's actually the smallest mic on the market. That's how much confidence I have. <laughs> and Eric has got one with all the bedazzled lighting. Listen, and let's, let's carry on. Let's carry on. No, I'm not I finished look. yet. I'm not finished. It's about eight meters long. No, Jake. <laughs> okay. Let's get into today's part. Are you finished? Are you finished? <laughs> <laughs> I can't see you over that mic. Are you there, Eric? Is that you? Um, yeah, Is that I'm you, here. Eric? I can't here. see you. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> Just Listen, kidding, Just because just kidding. I
1: invest in equipment and you don't, if you had money for oh. a bigger mic, I'll send you some <laughs> yeah. money. Like, just
0: tell okay, me. Just tell thank me.
1: You. I'll send you the money.
0: Look, you've said it. You've <laughs> said it live. You know my account. We were speaking about when you're going to be giving me some money anyway. I think it's a good time to start.
1: <laughs> you can secure Eric Kruger and John Sonne as speakers for your next event. Email Sean. At the expansive.com That's S-E-A-N at the expansive.com and be sure to use the word "learn" in the subject line for an expansive deal on keynotes, workshops, and comprehensive webinars. Sean at theexpansive.com. Back to the episode. Cool. So today is all about relationships, mm. and it's a topic that we've been been covering. Uh, I think actually. We've spoken about it a few times. Uh, I don't think we've dedicated an episode specifically to it. And so uh, we were speaking during the week and uh, John has been on a journey exploring relationships and uh, the nuances of it. And so I'm excited to hear he's, he's taking us today for this, for this uh, podcast to share with us some of the insights that he's learned about having meaningful and good and deep relationships. So John, over to you.
0: Well, thank you very much. I'm the type of character that if, I, if I'm interested in something, I research the, to the death. I just can't help myself. I watch every video I can get my hands on, watch every, read every blog. And that's kind of what my career is made out of, right? So my interests are always about sort of like AI and, and, and neuroscience. And so that I'm, I'm always like up to date on that sort of stuff. But I've recently gotten into a relationship over the last few months with uh, my uh, beloved partner called Wendy. And that would be the first uh, point, is that when you are looking for a partner, don't call them a partner. Call them a beloved partner. And one of the teachers said this to me about a year and a half ago when we were talking about relationships. We said, he said, if you ask for a partner, you will get a partner. But if you add the word beloved to it, you have this very intimate partner rather than just two people operating. And it's been very, very distinctive and very um, uh, intentional to name her a beloved partner. And on my phone, her name is beloved partner. So, And every time the phone pops up, I am reminded of beloved partner. So same as word of the year. How often do you see it? How do you integrate it into your energy? And so the first thing I want to talk about when it comes to intimate relationships, which is really what this pod is about, not general relationships, but intimate relationships, is what do you name it? and How do you construct it? So like you don't go, you don't run around saying this is my beloved partner. You're like, this is my partner. But actually to each other, you're like, look, you're my beloved partner. And this is actually, um, you're beloved to me and you're my partner in life. That's number one. Any points?
1: Love it. No, just I like it.
0: Number two, um, this came from a year and a half ago. I was listening to Scott Galloway interview Sanjay Gupta. And a Dr. Sanjay Gupta from CNN, and there was a great interview about World War C's latest book, World War COVID. And at the end of the interview, Scott Galloway asks Dr. Sanjay Gupta, "Look, on a side note, you've been married for nearly thirty years. What is your secret to a good marriage?" And Dr. Sanjay Gupta took, like, was taken aback because I mean, that interview was about the book, not about his marriage. And he took a second and he thought, you know. Actually, what makes his marriage the best ever and has sustained him for 30 years is when the end of the day comes, that the most exciting thing he can look forward to is sharing his day with his wife and to get her perspective on his day and vice versa. So you are mentally and emotionally invested in all the small details of each other's lives and, and I think most importantly, is prioritizing their wisdom and their perspective on your life. Now, this is so unbelievably important because how many people do you know that don't even engage with their wives on what's going on in their lives because they don't respect their viewpoints? That is a disaster waiting to happen because you're losing respect. And so to having that mental and emotional connection at the end of the day, every day, And I practiced this with Wendy deliberately because I understand the importance of being engaged in each other's lives and having each other's perspective. And so when I had my new website launch, I sent it to Wendy. Wendy wrote me a proper email telling me all the things that were wrong with it. And it was amazing because I just got such a fantastic insight and, you know, it's vice versa. So that sharing of each other's data, at the end of the day is number two and how important that is.
1: I like that. And I think the the debriefing component is really important. Something that's been challenging, I think, um, maybe in the remote work era, is that it often feels to me, at least at, at home, that I'm debriefing with Dan all the time. That because she's around, that we just connect around business throughout the day, the entire day. And so it's almost been tough because it, it feels like, you know, Maybe kind of back in the day, you know, everyone goes to the office, you're in your your separate office, then you get home at five o'clock, then you debrief about my day. Now it's like we are in each other's company all the time. So like I walk (laughs) to the funniest thing is so I get up early in the mornings, I get up at maybe like five ish, five thirty ish. So I get up, I go make coffee, I take the pups out, I'll come and do my meditations, I'll journal and then... Early mornings is when I'm at like my most creative and like I really get into a very productive state of mind. And at about like 7.30ish or so, when she typically wakes up, I'll go make a coffee and then I'll, I'll bring it to her in bed. Like she hasn't taken her first sip yet. I'm like, so I thought about this idea that I want to implement and like this, you know, like she hasn't, <laughs> like she's still like kind of waking up and I'm already, I'm firing. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. so she hasn't, she gets barraged from the moment she wakes up. And so... I love the debrief. I think when you are at home working together all the time, you need to be very clear maybe about also having those boundaries and, and maybe not talking about it all day, but actually saving that time for a debrief at some point in the
0: day. Mm, I look, I think if you're working, t- it is a challenge because I mean you're working with each other all day and like I even think just that what you're doing, Eric, what it- the whole point of this is that you stay connected to each other's lives and respect each other's viewpoints. And I think that's really important because there you're mentally connecting with each other, which is the first thing you need to be connecting, right? And I'm going to break this down into body parts because it's body part by body part that you need to be connecting with this person. So that's number two. Number three, what happened was there was was a, um, a study done and a brain scan study and a questionnaire done to people that have been married on average of 21 years. But the only way that they would be part of the study is that they must be fully in love still. And so the people that came and did this uh, sort of like research and questionnaire, they had to tick all those boxes. And so when they ticked all those boxes, then they did sort of brain scans on them and then the Q&A on them. And then they asked them, so what is it that makes your marriage work so well? Number one, have sex. You have to have sex. If you not have sex, you're a brother and sister, or you're just partners in a house, which means you're not beloved to each other, which means you're just operating uh, in silos. And so if you're not having sex, you don't have the the sort of drive of testosterone, which is that focus hormone. You don't have dopamine. You don't have oxytocin. You don't have so many different things that connect you that are so vitally important to connect you on a base chakra level but also in a brain dopamine and oxytocin s- testosterone type of focus and connection now we know that when a mother and father bring their new child home the amount of oxytocin in everybody's brain is shooting the lights out why because it's a connecting molecule and it's a connecting connecting hormone that you want to be able to connect with each other so it's the same thing you know having sex is really an important aspect of Staying connected and 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 being beloved with each other, you know. Number four, number four, do novel things together. Ride a bicycle. Go to a new restaurant. Read to each other in bed. Do new things. Plan holidays. Plan adventures. Do novel things together on a continuous basis, so that you keep creating one future plans and future memories, and then share those memories and then contemplate those memories. This is what friendship's about. And so it's called ARC. Anticipate, relish, and contemplate. When you plan towards something, you start to anticipate it. So Wendy and I are going to Aust- Austria. Um, so we're anticipating that. When we're there, we'll relish it because we'll love it. And when we come back, we'll contemplate on it. And now we have a memory together and we have a future-focused plan to want to spend time with each other and so what we did was we made a list of each took 10 points that we've never done before like mine one example was a road trip in iceland another one was the Kumino kudo nine day hike in the bamboo forests of uh, japan um, and then we made 20 lists and i've given it to my travel agent who's going to now uh, tell us which months are the best. Which one of them is we can combine with each other? And now we're going to start creating novel experiences, novel plans, and novel future memories together to stay aligned on what we're working towards. I think this might be
1: very easy in a young relationship because you naturally want to do lots of stuff together. So, like you're dating all the time. That's that's actually the the way to to think about it. Is that? You're dating all the time. So you're doing all these things together all the time. And the problem is that the longer you, s- you are in a relationship, the less you start dating your your beloved partner. And and that's a very tricky one because what... And I, I mean, I can speak for myself. Like we had a, a time pre-COVID really when every week, you know, during the week, we would make time to go on a date. And it's not the same if you do it over the weekend. It has to kind of be during the week because... It signals that am um, this is important to me as well. That amidst the busyness of work and all the other priorities that we have, that I'm taking time out to do this with you. Over the weekend, you know, we all have free time. So that's a different story. And we've been, I think the move to Cape Town has been good for us in that way, actually, because we do a lot of stuff together. And the pups, of course, like, I mean, we should do we we need to do that episode about dogs. Yes, right? we need to do one. But like mm-hmm. they've been so incredible um, as a part of our our relationship because we want to do stuff with them. We want to take them out and then we end up going away together. So that they've been a big part of that planning process. But I do think it's important to what you were saying is that especially as the relationship matures, matures yeah. and matures and matures, yeah. that, that, that the dating
0: still happens. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And obviously this is early days for me, but the intention is there to apply myself to this relationship like I do to my business and to my health and my meditation. And all of it's very fastidious and long-term driven. So, and I'm very lucky that Wendy's very similar. Yeah, it's a very similar approach that she has. And so like, okay, well, let's build a system that protects the relationship. That's kind of, you know, that's kind of what it is. Okay, number five, stay in touch. Walk arm in arm, hold hands, put your foot on her foot, this increases oxytocin, quite literally touch each other. And I think this is also really important. And I guess happens, you have to do it more and more and focus on it when you're in a longer and longer term relationship. But if the system is there and you know, it's a system, you then apply yourself to the system.
1: Yeah. I like it. So, um, physical touch,
0: physical touch, proximity, physical touch. Yes. Yeah. cool. All right. Number six, and this again, let me just remind you, this is people that have been interviewed after an average of 21 years of being in love and uh, in a marriage. And so this is all the things they come up with. And it's part of their brains under brain scan that were switching on when they spoke about their spouse. Okay. So quite science-based uh, research they've done here. Mm. Number six, it seems a bit obvious, but number six is have empathy for her. And this reminds me of a quote that I heard in Costa Rica in December from a lady that said, You know, there's only two things a woman, a man must do for a woman. I was like, Okay, go on, enlighten me. She says, Number one, he must protect her from the world. I was like, Yes, that's fine. I am protective. That's the way I'm driven. I show love with protection, I guess. And two, you need to protect her from herself. And I thought it was a very profound thing because what that actually says is you're the protector, yes, but also when she's going through something, hold space. Hold space. And, you know, that is the real sort of idea of a man is can you manage her trigger while you are triggered? This is called Ninja Skill Uh. Sane 22.0 because, I mean... Are you doing that? Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. I mean, I obviously never get triggered because I'm Gandhi. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Of course, of course. course. Nobody gets triggered. Yeah. (laughs) Also, let's remember that relationships bring up triggers that you've never really had because you haven't been in a relationship. So these are brand new triggers. And I, I was telling my friend Sean that like it it really felt like some ninja psychology tricks. I had to play with myself. Because I had, to, I had to get over myself and focus on her. And so having empathy for somebody is not just a term, it is a practice of a behavior. And let me tell you, we all have all the rules in the world until you're tired, hungry, insecure, frustrated, all of a sudden, none of those rules mean anything. And so now what you have to do is you have to manage yourself under those rules, under those triggers. And... There's there's these four male archetypes, the king, the magician, the warrior, the lover. And like, if you're a magician and you're on the dark side, you manipulate. When you're a magician on the light side, you're an inspiration. When you're a king on the dark side, you bully. If you're a king on the light side, you lead. And so to be a true king, which is the character and archetype every man should be striving towards, you have to put away and aside your triggers to manage those triggers, make sure the tribe is calm and then deal. And so this is the real sort of challenge of relationships and masculinity in a world where we didn't have any heroes to look up to really, you know, our, our dads were come from a different era. So it wasn't something that we saw many times, you know, I mean, and if you did, lucky you, you know, I didn't have that. So... Um, yeah, it's having empathy for her. I mean, it's just like, it's a small, short line, but yo, Waila, when that kicks in. Yeah,
1: no, sure. Lots to unpack. Uh, and for those listening who might be interested in King Warrior, Magician Lover, it's a book, right? Do you remember who the author was? Yes,
0: very, no, it's two guys that wrote the book. It's an old book. Yeah. It's like from the 80s, I think. But very old book. Flippin' mm, valid, valid. It's a one good. book I carry, eh? I carry yeah. that book with me everywhere in the world. I read it off from often.
1: yeah. I actually need to go revisit it. I haven't, I haven't read that in a long time.
0: Because what happens is you go read it and you realize you're in the shadow in some parts of your life, and you're like, whoa, 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 what am I doing in the shadow? It's like kind sort of creeped in, you know. And so, I know some guys that are man, are manipulative with their power, and it's a selfish, short-term type of thinking, you know. And definitely, I've been there myself, but I become so aware of it that. Um, yeah, so I don't touch it. But, but what's, the next, uh, what's the next archetype that you want to strive for is king? And the king archetype is really about this holding space you know? and protecting your tribe. So that, that's something to strive for. Number seven, it's called positive illusions. And this is where you have to play more ninja games in your head because what you have to do is you have to focus on her excellent traits only. It's so easy to focus in on the traits you don't like. It's so easy to focus in on the memories or the past that you don't like. But how do you continuously recalibrate and rethink the way you think and create positive illusions? And so, even if you think about your friends, right? So if you if you're hanging with your friends, you can easily go into this guy's such an asshole for whatever reason. But actually, no, he's got some fantastic traits. Yes, he's stubborn. Yes, sometimes he drinks too much. Whatever, whatever. But really, it's it's really a, a wonderful practice. And I've been meditating a lot on it. You know, it's like, really just like, I understand how neuroscience works. It's like, you just have to focus on it. Like your brain's taking you somewhere to create an issue so you can escape. Uh, Wendy and I call them uh, highway exit roads. It's like, there's no exit roads, right? So your, your brain's trying to find an exit because it's feeling uncomfortable. And that's where your positive illusions are so important because you want to keep focused on the fact that your brain is maybe panicking to want to get out, but actually what you need to be doing is focusing on the right illusions mm. and
1: it's also actually a bit arrogant to think that you know they need to be this perfect uh, example of a human being, but you probably have just as many things that they need to focus on you know that that uh, that do the same thing so it's it goes both ways, and it's always that thing that the way that you treat others will be how they treat you so you want to bring out and focus on the best in them, and then they'll reciprocate that back to you.
0: Hmm. Hopefully. And if they Hopefully. don't, you're in the wrong relationship, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number eight, managing your own emotions. And this comes back down to holding space for her, having empathy for her, having space for the tribe is how are you managing your focus and your emotions? And again, this becomes a very, very clear recalibration of the way you think about thinking and so you know when it comes to work and uh you and i talk about that a lot uh we've got our thinking in space and then even sometimes there you're like okay shit, should, i should have done this or i should have tried that but when it comes to relationships you're all alone dude like it's you in your own head like you know you're really not running to anybody to compare notes so you really got to come in and this is where meditation is so so powerful is that you can just start to recalibrate your thinking, move your focus to where you want to focus to, manage your own, emotion, own emotions, remember that your triggers are yours. They've got nothing to do with her. It's all you. It's all you. You know, as the saying goes, offense is never given. It's always taken. And so if you've been triggered, it's your trigger. It's got nothing to do with the person. And that's also a big thing when you want to have to deal with your own emotions is that you realize that it is your emotions. It's got nothing to do with that other person. You can talk about it but you got to deal with your own trauma.
1: Mm. And, and relationships are just one of those things that create a ton of trauma. So very likely you have a ton
0: of... <laughs> no, 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 they don't, they don't, they don't uh, create. They They remember you. They take you back to. They also create. Why?
1: Why? Because if you've been in a relationship and you you leave that relationship scarred because someone treated you in a certain way or it ended because you were cheated on or whatever the case may be, that creates this car that you bring into the next relationship that can then be awakened by someone else's behavior.
0: Let me let me take a one step back. You created a relationship that somebody cheated on you for your lack of self-worth. You originally created that engagement to confirm your lack of self-worth so that you can sit inside your own festering heart And then what you have to do is heal that and realize it had nothing to do with that person. It was you that created that person in that scenario. And now you bring that constant wound into the next relationship. And guess what? It's going to repeat until you heal it. So I don't think it creates. I think it Mm. magnifies trauma that you have to heal. Cool. And uh, the last one, and this one's really key, is you have to say, five nice things to each other every day at least or two but go up to five it's like i really enjoy how you dealt with that person i really enjoyed this character of you i really enjoy this cool and it's funny because we made a bit of a joke of it now you know so like like we're like okay so yo, yeah what, what else do you think about me what else do you think about it? tell me more what about you think about me and so it's like just having a joke about it and fun about it and it's really amazing eric because She sometimes says some things to me and I'm like, wow, I didn't think about that. I didn't think I did that. I realize how much it means to you. I'm going to do more of that. Again, this creates oxytocin, creates um, connection, creates appreciation. And again, what is it? It's a system. It's all it is. It's a system. And so it's really the system to have long-term relationships. Do you want me to go through them again? Just a recap?
1: Yeah, I, I like it. Um, no, I wanted to quickly say something. I, I wonder if system is... the. I, I get that system is the right word, but it also doesn't feel like the right word to me. It feels like the right word is more maybe like a mm. ritual, you know? Um, I don't know. System just feels so mechanic to me. And I actually wanted to read something to you. And, and, and I wanted to get your, your input on it. Maybe you can quickly do a, just a recap of all of them while I quickly search for this. And then...
0: So we chatted about a bunch of different things to create a behavior, a ritual, and a habit to keep your relationship moving in the right direction. The first one was don't call them a partner. Look for the beloved partner, which gives you that same sort of like emotional connection. Two, remember that sharing your day with your partner at the end of the day and getting their take on your day is really, really important. Keeps you connected mentally. Sex uh, should be had as often as possible to create a connection of the base chakra and the sacral chakra. Um, Do novel things together, create future memories together and plan towards them. Stay in touch so that you are creating the oxytocin of continuously having skin on skin. And then having empathy for her and thinking of her excellent traits and creating positive illusions is a combination of heart and mind. So when you're having empathy for her, you're you're very much in your heart, thinking about her and prioritizing her, and then obviously creating the brain neurons that fire and wire together focus on her positive uh, traits. The next one was managing your own emotions. Um, Definitely important to set aside your triggers while you're looking after somebody else's triggers. And remember to always say between two and five nice things to your partner about them so that they feel appreciated and you have a practice to follow now i can't keep uh, i can't but uh, um um see that you smirk every time i come up with that say nice things to your partner what is going on there bro what, what are you smirking about
1: <laughs> because uh, i wanted to say that there's actually you know we've been mentioning how teamwork and relationships its synonymous, like it's the same thing. It's just a a team of two or a team of four or six, whatever. And there's actually research that shows that in teams that do very well, the positive to negative ratio of comments that are made is usually four to one. So teams that do well, there's a four to one ratio of good comments to bad comments. Um, And in teams where it's more destructive or dysfunctional, that ratio gets reversed. So Without maybe you even knowing that, it actually aligns with the science around teamwork as well. So, so, that's the one thing I wanted to say. Second thing I wanted to say is my takeaways from, from the session. I mean, these are all great points. Two things that I'm definitely taking away is to be more intentional with dating again. And secondly, I really want to go read the book again because it's been a, it's something I read maybe four years ago at this point. And I do think it's important for us to see those shadow patterns or dark patterns in our lives. And again, it's, it's one thing to try and think through it, but you need the reference to go, oh, I, I see that in me. So I'm going to go pick that up. Then the last thing that I wanted to say here is I wanted to quickly read you that tweet and get your, your input on that. So it was a, um, yeah, it was a tweet. Someone said, no, I'm not going to preface it by that. So here's the tweet. I'm having my wedding ceremony in a couple of hours in Iceland. Then Jenny and I are going on a high output marriage offsite. This will be our second one where we review and tweak family values, lock in next year's budget, chat through one-on-ones from the past year, figure out and revise the family vision. We work so hard on learning how to communicate and operate in business. We find using these in our relationships work wonders as well. And the guy who quoted it that said, I would jump off a cliff. So... <laughs> I think what, what the person didn't like about this is I look at this, I go, all of it is great. I actually like it. I don't like the high output marriage thing because it, it makes it sound so transactional to me. And, but I, I, what are your thoughts on this?
0: Um, I think it's incredibly important to um, converge your values and your vision. And with a lack of communication or directive, we don't know what our responsibilities are. We don't know what winning looks like. We don't know what losing looks like. So maybe high output might be a bit too far out there. Um, But you know, that's just language that they're using. But ultimately I absolutely agree with what the tweet is saying. Uh, Wendy and I have done this. Uh, We've had some strategy sessions around what does it look like when we're winning? When does it look like we're winning? What are the plans that we wanna be doing? And so just having that sort of discussion in itself does two things. You know, it says, I'm serious about this. I'm focused in on it. And two, brings about clarity and responsibility. And I think that's really key inside a partnership. And I agree
1: with that. And and I also think the language is really important. That someone's saying to me, like, you want to be in a high output marriage? I don't. I really don't. It's like that's tech bro talk, you know who wants which which woman is going to which whoever is going to feel warmth in a relationship that's based on a high output marriage that is not the highest value I think in a relationship. and so um, I, I do agree though that all those conversations are really important, but at the end of the day, a marriage is not a business and relationships are not a business. there's um, it's a different dynamic altogether and so often we try and do these things where we parlay the one area into another area we go oh my family is a team oh my team is a family no they're not but you you want to bring it in because you think you see some valuable concepts in this idea now you're trying to to overlay the entire thing that doesn't work the same with marriage high output marriage comes from a book that was called um high output management actually uh andy grove the the intel dude wrote it so they taking that and they layering it onto something that's actually, I mean, if I go through the list that you had here, it's all about deep connection, all about caring, like high output marriage is not that, but I'm just, I'm being fussy here, but like, yeah, I just, it's just not a, something that I would aspire to Yes.
0: And that's why I didn't bring it out. You did. My, my list has nothing to do with high output. It's about deep connection.
1: No, I I just want to get the languaging. That's all I wanted to to talk about. That's what I was saying. Like, maybe system isn't the right word. Yes. Maybe ritual is a better word. Or, Or practice. You said practice. I think that's also a great word for it. Yeah.
0: Well, look, it's a journey. It's brand new. I am very focused on it, and I'm really trying to be as aware um, and wide awake as going into it to realize who I am, what my triggers are, what are the traumas I need to be dealing with. And, uh, it's really a fantastic adventure when both parties are on the same boat, you know, and, uh, you've got the same sort of focus point. So yeah, it's been really interesting. And uh, I know when you'll be listening to this. So hi, Wens. Oh, so you chose your words very carefully. Yeah? Like, so this
1: episode is actually to score you brownie points. I didn't know that. You should have told me up front and I would have like, I would have built you up even more. Yeah? I,
0: I would, I would say, I don't need any brownie points. I'm already winning. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, please do go ahead, uh, Eric. Please tell us what else you think about how amazing I am. Just go on, go on. Nobody's listening. Don't worry. Just go. Go on. What does it say? Two at least two nice things about your partner. So two nice things. You have a beautiful mic.
1: I really love your mic. (laughs) Uh,
0: That's so funny.
1: So uh, to to everyone listening, thank you so much for joining us for this uh, session of the the Expansive podcast. I think the glimpse that you've had into our world is exactly what this podcast is, which is that often it's our own uh, therapy sessions. Often it's our own uh, well, mostly it's our own curiosities that we are, we are um, following and going down the rabbit hole and then we are able to come onto this platform and share it um, with each other and with all of you. So that's always great. Uh, John, thank you for your, your research, your vulnerability, your openness. Always great to learn from you. And uh, for everyone listening, have a great day. Uh, we'll see you next week at The Expansive. By the way, when we, see, when we say see you next week, Uh, know that you can also jump onto YouTube and actually watch this. You don't always have to just listen to it in the car. You are welcome to jump onto YouTube, put it on your your background uh, and listen to us riff and talk about the topics that we love or hopefully that you love as well. And if you do love it a lot, then go onto iTunes or Spotify and leave us a small little five-star review. We always love seeing those come through. Until next time, be expansive.